CJ. The college football universe last week was just spinning out of control. Six ranked on ranked matchups. Had a weekend that I think gave the season a little bit of shape. And then we're back here to break it down with plate. We had winners last week for you. We had a sixer. Uh, you went three and three, my friend. I went three and two and won the push. And the Buckeyes and the Irish and Notre Dame still trying to find that 11th man on the field. And Ryan Day still <laughs> wanting to square up against Lou Holtz. What a joke, by the way. I have to say this off the top. I get, like, it being us versus the world and getting your fans really excited into a football game, right? But there's also a point in time where, like, you have to kind of have a little bit of a, like, come on, like, let's, let's, let's get real here for a second. Like, it's Lou Holtz. He's 86. Like, did you not see the skit he was on? On, on McAfee, it was all good and fun. Like, come on, Ryan Day. Let's, th- th- well, th- th- that I, was more about, like, what's happened in the past than you, like, trying to come at Lou Holtz. Like, th- don't make him, don't make him the whipping boy. Come on, Ryan. Come on now, Coach well, Day. I, he, here's my thing. Like, from. But, hey, it, impressive it, win for the Buckeyes nonetheless, CJ. I'll give them Yeah, that. if you're, if you're going to ask me from, you know, kind of my communications, SID, pattern background no probably not the best look but i am going to actually kind of agree with mike sussman um i i didn't necessarily completely have an issue with it not kind of like you did because here here's my thing i've got no love loss for the university of notre dame and i've got zero love loss for lou holtz like zero (sighs) lou is a guy who as a head coach ran his mouth did his own fair shot share of talking still kind of does, especially when it comes to Notre Dame, you know what? Sorry, Lou, like you're, you're a public figure. You went on that show. You did the skit while the skit might've been well-intended. You still put yourself in a position. Hey, hey by the way, CJ, CJ, you, you lay off my boy, you lay off my boy, Dr. Lou, well, you know what? You can, you can like Lou all you want. Come on you can now. like Lou all you want, but I'm going to tell you right now. He didn't run his mouth. He was the ultimate in terms of giving I'm, everyone else respect in terms of the opponent. I mean, he said the Naval of, Academy scares him to death now, and they all put on their pants the same way we do. Yeah, well, you know, he, he knows how to say the right things. All I'm going to say is just find a copy of the book called Under the Tarnished Dome, read it, and you'll have a much, much, much different view on Notre Dame and Lou Holtz. Well, Under the Tarnished Dome because they want to take shots at the Irish. Hey, you know what? I, I'll say this, CJ. After being there, I have a little more appreciation for the place, and the fans are pretty cool. Um, and I think college football is a better place when Notre Dame is at least competitive and, like, pretty – on the scene, kind of on the radar, because then you don't have to hear about who's going to be the next coach and why they're terrible, you know. So, great game Saturday night, man. I thought they had it with Sam Hartman, and the Irish got a big one this Saturday against Duke, too, which is where game day is, CJ, for the first time ever in Durham. Unreal. Yeah. Um, man, Riley Leonard, their quarterback here for, for Duke, man, he's special, and that could be a really fun atmosphere on Saturday night. I mean, we saw how it got versus Clemson, old Wallace Wade, fixing to explode we'll talk about that here on the back end as well cj let's you want to get into friday night buddy some little friday night lights here let's let's do it usually high school time but hey there's some good college games too i'll be calling a game friday night but once i get 
out of there. I'm going to try and catch the fourth quarter of this first one here, which is the University of Louisville going down there to Carter Finley to take on a Wolfpack. Don't turn your back on a Wolfpack. NC State is a three-and-a-half-point dog at home, CJ. The total, 55 in the hook. NC State survived Virginia. You know, they got beat by Notre Dame. They've kind of been hanging on the edge. And Louisville's putting up points right now. Where are you going here, man, in this ballgame? Um, I like Louisville. I do. I, and I like them big. Um, really? You know, I just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to tell you why. It, it, Jake Plummer, to me, is playing the quarterback position at a much higher and better level than, than Brendan Armstrong is. Um, you know, his, his favorite target, you know, Jared, uh, Thrash has been just – ungodly i mean 19 catches 400 yards on the year he's averaging over 20 yards a catch um you know he's a big big time playmaker and here's the other big difference for me jaheem jordan their running back just absolutely explosive workhorse they to me are just the much much better team in nc state like you said they've they've kind of hung on the edge they found themselves in some tight games but this is not one that's going to be that way. I, this thing will be over, in all honesty, probably by halftime. See, I, I couldn't disagree more with you, CJ. Um, not so fast, my friend, as the old coach there, Corso, would say. He coached at Louisville, by the way. Yeah, Louisville's 4-0. Yeah, Plummer's putting up great numbers, and he has been sensational, right? But let's look at who Louisville's played. Boston College the week after the big game with Florida State. So there's, there's a big letdown there. After the Red Bandana game for BC, that's when you got to play them for Louisville at home. Perfect spot for Louisville to hang them and put on them big like they did. The other Corso Bowl, Indiana and in, in Louisville 21-14. I mean, Indiana, I don't think they're that, that impressive. They beat Murray State and Georgia Tech. Like, I look at, I look at NC State's games, CJ. And, yeah, granted, you know – like they challenged themselves against Notre Dame. It was a top, it was a solid game. Rain delay that weekend. All those games got rain delayed. Like they found a way to win in in uh, at Scott Stadium there in Charlottesville against against the Who's there in UVA. I, I like I like NC State's kind of their their makeup on the defensive side of the football with Coach Gibby kind of running stuff at people and they create turnovers. They, they did it last year. Dave Dorn I trust a little more than what we've got going on in Louisville. You know, give me the Wolf Pack because you don't turn your back on them. Plus three and a half at home okay. on a Friday night. You know that, okay, that was but, a good but, spot but, there. Okay, okay, but here's my thing. You, you're talking. They don't about run the ball well though either. It's it's all. You're, you're talking about a Wolf Pack team that literally only won by ten against UConn, a team who hasn't won a game in ten years. It feels like. Wow, UConn made a bowl last year, sir. Okay. Okay. So, and, no, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, and and it's UConn's a good game. what this year? It's oh, a fun match. With losses to FIU, Georgia State. Come on, man! Like, hey, Georgia State. And, we're gonna talk about then, them later. They're undefeated. They're playing better. They are. And then you know you win by three at UVA, another team that's in complete and total dysfunction, and probably wins maybe one or two hey, games all year. UVA, like, they just, rose up for that game though on a Friday night against, you know, against the Wolfpack. There, UVA did. So like, I'm just saying, at home, at night, it, it could get a little squirrely, as we like to say. I think Louisville is a very good team, but just 
maybe they win by less than three in the hook there, CJ, you know? Um, the Wolfpack I, have that I, I DNA. Take, they're, they're tough, man. They're tough. I'm going to tell you right now, Louisville wins by two scores and take the over. Mm-hmm. We'll see if it makes the sixer. We'll see points. if it makes the sixer. Hey, let's let's get to the, the, the marquee game on Friday night. It starts at 9 o'clock, FS1, a top 20 matchup. The, uh, the Beavers from Corvallis, Oregon State's going to host Utah, number 10 in the country. The Utes have just kept on grinding and winning games, even without Cam Rising from the Ashes. Uh, their quarterback, Nate Johnson's filled in admirably and been very tough so far this year. They've ran the football. Utah's just done just enough. And you look at their wins. They beat Florida at home, Baylor on the road, UCLA, and Weber State. They, they haven't allowed more than 13 points in a game. They're very physical. But this Oregon State team might just have the right combination in terms of the at the running back position and a DJ, our boy, Ukulele. No, we mean Ukulele. Uh, he's, he's very good. And, man, they put up a fight there against Washington State last week. Coming back, need a win. Martinez is so good. That offense is really humming for Oregon State. And they're at home. Feels like this could be a trouble spot for Utah. Yeah, it, it kind of does because here's the thing, and you and you are right, you know, in you know Johnson's field and admirable. Here, here's the one thing that worries me: if, if Rising doesn't play, is is offensively they don't seem to have that same explosiveness that they do when Cam's back there, and because it feels like a lot of their games have been kind of grind them out outside of the Weber State game which is when they put up 31 points, they're averaging like 20 a game. Like, Oh, yeah, CJ, I, I think you make some... a great point. Like, it's a plotting you're, offense you're... right now without Cam Rising. Is he yeah, going to play and... Friday? Nobody knows. Yeah, and so and I think you're going to put up points against Oregon State. Here's going to be the interesting thing for me going into that game and watching it. I mean, they're a four-and-a-half-point is... favorite. Like, when, when the team that is, quote-unquote, the underranked team, is at home and and, and and is the favorite. You gotta you gotta think the the boys in Vegas know something, right? Well, I, I think they're looking at it kind of the same way we are. But here here's going to be the interesting thing for me in in this game is Oregon State has been extremely balanced offensively, right? Mm-hmm. Two thirty four mm-hmm. through the air, two twenty four on the ground. They set a lot of play action stuff up, which has made DJ comfortable, a little bit more comfortable than what he saw maybe at Clemson. But Utah defensively against the run has been beyond stout, 51 yards a game. Okay. And it's not like, and, and I mean, they've played, you know, Florida, a team that wants to run the ball, Baylor, a team that wants to and can run the ball. We've seen that in the past. Chip Kelly at UCLA, they like to run the ball. Like, but they just have not given up yardage in that. And so it's kind of made teams a little more one-dimensional. I mean, Cal Whittingham's defenses are just insanely good. I mean, they've given up 51 yards a game on the ground this year. But, hey, Oregon State's pretty stout, too, on on the ground, only giving up 69.8. So it's like somebody's going to have to find a way to run the football, and whoever does probably wins this game. Probably, and I think what it for me it ultimately is going to come down to which quarterback do I trust the most, and you know, and it's DJ simply just because of what you've seen this offense be capable with him, 
and not what you've seen Utah be able to do with Johnson. Now, if Cam Rising plays, that that changes it a little bit. But if he doesn't, yeah, I like Oregon State. Hey, CJ, I I think even with Rising out there for Utah, I would probably lean. Oh, man, it's tough. Like, I think lean on the field, I'm taking the Beavers to find a way to win this football game. It's going to be a rainy night in Corvallis. Like, they're they're one of the teams getting left out of this whole thing. The Pac-2 just lost to Washington State. Like, Martinez is a good running back, and I think he's probably – I mean, Utah has a stable of them. But, man, it, it just feels like an Oregon State game, does it not? And it, it it's going to be interesting. I will say this, too. The total sitting at 44 in the hook, I, I really almost lean toward – almost lean toward an over in that. Like, because I feel like maybe if Utah gets exposed, the dam might break. You know what I mean? That type of situation. And, yeah, and on the road, on you know. Thing. Yeah, I, I can see where you're at on that one. I almost tend to kind of lean the under just because I think both defenses are really, really good. So probably elite, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they really are. Um, you know, so and I think although although uh, CJ, we say that, but Oregon State did give up 38. Now, granted, Cam Ward is a freak down there in Pullman. But they did give up 38 last week. So maybe a little early to say elite for Oregon State at least. Well, yeah, probably. And it's also tough because Washington State, you know, what we've seen out of them offensively, I mean, they're they're really good offensively. So I, I don't know how, you know, like I said, it's, it's one of those funky where you don't really know how much stock put in it did. You know, Washington State come out and do what they do offensively. Maybe you weren't ready for some of it. it, it it's hard to tell, but from – you know, outside of just that one game, the sample size has been pretty, pretty good on tape. I mean, I think the sample size, you know, you, you take out, you know, the the Washington State game, that's kind of like the the oddball out. What you've seen on tape is, is pretty good from, from both defenses. So uh, even elite defenses are going to have, you know, a game or a half where they don't look at, you know, they don't look like they're elite, but ultimately it's about the body of work. And that's, to me, kind of where I'm hanging my hat on is is, is the body of work so far in the sample size. Yeah, I, I, I can I can see where you're going there, CJ, saying that you, that you really do kind of like, like that defense. Man, the one thing I will say in this game, coaching-wise, man, you know you can trust Winningham. Yeah, I mean, CJ, you know, Winningham – you trust him in big spots, but also Jonathan Smith, daggone good football coach at Oregon State. Like, and this feels like a good spot and a big spot for them in a game they really need. But is Utah maybe a team of, dare you say, destiny finally to get something done? I don't know. I mean, they've survived all this without rising. Makes you think maybe who knows what could happen. They need them back when they play some of these really big heavy hitters. In the conference, though, I think they can get. I think they can win this game without them. I will say that, but I lean Oregon State for sure. Yeah, going to be a fun one though. It is, and here here's one little final nugget for you that I found interesting when looking at this game. Okay, since the 2021 season, at home, so that since Jonathan Smith took over, 
right. they are 13 and one against the spread. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's uh <laughs> that's that's getting it done. The boys from Corvallis. Okay. I mean, hey, uh CJ, it, that almost makes it feel like it's a slam dunk. But uh man, I, I'm excited for that game Friday night, nine o'clock FS1. Um a ten fifteen game though on ESPN. A future Actually, never mind. It's not future. It is a Big 12 conference matchup between Cincinnati and BYU, buddy. Total sitting there at 48 between these two. And the the spread is now the Bearcats a one-point favorite on the road. Who you like here, I'll be honest, I'm kind of feeling BYU to take care of business here at home in Provo um, with Keaton Slovis. But Emory Jones and Cincinnati – they're pretty tough, and, and I also kind of think Cincinnati defensively might be a little bit better than BYU this season. So ah, it's going to be real, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it, yeah, it kind of it is going to be kind of an interesting one, and it's, I mean, at, at a one point, I mean, it's pretty much a pick 'em. I'm having trouble wrapping my head around this one because. You say Cincinnati to the eyeball is probably better defensively, even though I think some of the stats won't tell you that. The one thing that worries me with this Cincinnati team is you get the win at Pitt, you lose a really tough win in overtime at home to Miami of Ohio, a game you should yeah, not I mean, have lost. It's one of the first times my move you had beat them in a long, long time. And, like, that's a rivalry game in the extent that Miami Ohio really cares about it and they gave away a trophy. Like they yeah. hadn't beat them in a long time. The Red Hawks had, and for for the boys, you know, wearing that red M on their helmet, the other Miami to beat you at Cincinnati and where you've been, that was not not a good look. Now, granted, you know, it, I think it was a bit of a trap spot for for the Bearcats, but still, you took the L. Not a good look. Yeah, it's not. And then you go to Oklahoma, and I mean, you lost to Oklahoma, I and mean, there's no real shame in that. But I think there was some. Something to take away tough, from though. that tight game, though. Yeah, game. I mean, it was yeah, it was twenty to six, but you held an offense that had been literally pretty much scoring at will to twenty points. Um, you know, so I think I, I do think Cincinnati defensively is better, even though maybe some of the, the stats and the and the metrics don't necessarily say that. I think sometimes the eyeball test matters. You know, we talk about it in baseball. You know, sometimes managing with your gut versus the analytics matters. Um, you know, but this is kind of an interesting spot here. Um, BYU feeling good, three and one at home. Kelvin Slovis kind of looks like you know the guy that everybody thought he'd be at Pitt last year. Um, also crazy to think he's still playing college football. And that's just insanity. Um, you know, so I'm actually going to kind of lean with you though. I, BYU at home just kind of feels. Emory Jones has not protected the football very well this year. I mean, he's thrown five picks. Yeah, he hasn't. And this is, you know, Slovis is only throwing three, you know. Yeah, Lavelle Edwards Stadium is not an easy place to win. No, and it's not. And you're talking about a team in Cincinnati that when's the last time they really traveled across the country like this for a game? Does that play into effect a little bit? You know, 
you know, and, and, and Stadium is going to be rocking. Probably the best backdrop I mean, in college football. Oh, it is picturesque. <laughs> I mean, CJ, let's let's say this real quick. Arkansas, obviously, pretty tough. Played with LSU, Florida State. You know, you got that comparison matchup there. BYU found a way to win at Arkansas. They lost a tight one at Kansas. So, like, they're getting battle tested. Cincinnati, you know, beat Pitt. What does that mean? Almost had them come back on them. Like, Cincinnati's lost, had a couple tough luck losses here since kind of getting out the gates hot. They know they need this one, too. Man, the FPI here, CJ, on ESPN actually has it at a 57.1% for the Bearcats to win this game. I'm not sure I agree, though. But I think the, the, the hidden thing in this game is Cincinnati probably a little bit better at running the football than BYU this year. BYU's struggling running the football to this point in time. And maybe that's just, you know, but that's not typically how, how BYU kind of ran with uh, under uh, under Kalani Sataki. You know what I mean? They've been very, very in-your-face, tough nose, and they don't do that as, as much this year. That scares me. And I think they're, Cincinnati can be ran, can run the football on BYU's rush defense a little more. It, it it all comes down to do you think BYU's crowd makes the difference, and does Emory Jones hold on to the football? If if Cincinnati plays a clean game, I think Cincinnati will win. That's the question. Yeah, that, yeah and that's that's kind of the key is can they can they play that clean game? Um, we haven't really seen that um, here as of late. Um, but, no, I do agree with you. BYU is going to have to find a running attack. I feel like their offense is more explosive when they have that because it sets the play action up and the deep shots a little bit better. Um, you know, because right now I think because of their inability at the line uh, to block at the point of attack, you're not really have – I mean, you literally can kind of stop that run with five guys and, you know, really kind of take, take the air out of the ball with Slovis. So – I don't necessarily know if this is the week you've got to fix it because I just, like I said, I'm, I'm going to trust the quarterback. I know a little bit better in, in Slovis and taking care of the ball than, than Emory Jones. Both are talented. Like it, it's a game. It's a game. I'm going to be excited to watch. Maybe not a game. I'm real ex- would be real excited to get invested into uh, to be honest with you. Um, you know, unless you're maybe just having a little fun, throwing a little something on a parlay. Uh, with with a few other things, maybe uh, on Friday night. But I mean, I, I, and the total two CJ sitting at forty eight, that intrigues me, but doesn't get me excited to go after it at all on on, on any level. Um, because while Cincinnati's been good defensively and horrid offensively at times, BYU's done the same thing. So like, I can't trust e- any unit on any part of this game to feel like I have any way of knowing how this game is going to play out to, to trust a total at all. Yeah, I'm definitely 100% with you. Yeah. Um, dude, let's – let's. Uh, I mean, let's get into – hold on. I'm, I'm sidebarred real quick here, CJ, because, dude, this uh, Jacksonville State game has got me really interested here. They just scored, now they're going for two to tie it. Rolling out. Got them. Oh, I don't know. From the backside, he caught it, but the ref didn't see it. It's on the U right now. Oh, this is interesting. We're fine through Friday, though. We'll get to the neuters now. 
Do you have ESPN you still? Uh, yeah, I don't have it on now. Yeah, turn flip that on from the from the old NFL game. All right, let's see here. Okay, all right, CJ. So enough Friday Night Lights. I mean that that Cincinnati BYU game, intriguing first battle between those two programs as Big Twelve foes. Obviously, the top twenty matchup in Corvallis is going to be fun too. And then little little dog fight there between a Wolfpack and the Cardinals. Um, little trio of games, but. We know what we want to get into, and that's the Nooners on Saturday. Man, I'll say this, CJ, in terms of looking at these games, not a lot of big-time intrigue in the noon slate here on Saturday. Um, but I think some opportunities, if uh, if you know what I'm saying, and kind of uh, – I think we can definitely look at one here right off the top, and that's Penn State, number six in the country, going Northwestern. Playing the Wildcats, they're struggling this year. The purple Purple Cats are. Penn State's a twenty-seven point favorite. CJ and the total sits at forty-six. Is on mission this year, and they absolutely want to embarrass people. And I think they're going to embarrass Northwestern. Actually, that total is that that actually that's down to twenty-six and a half now. CJ twenty-six in the hook. So maybe you need to get on it now. If you want the Nittany Lions there on Saturday, Big Ten Network, do you have any reason to think Northwestern keeps this thing within four tutties? No, because uh, defensively they've been absolutely horrid. Um, Penn State offensively, like you they, said. They, they did they, beat Minnesota, though, in overtime. Give it up for the Wildcats for that. Yeah, you know, but, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think Penn State right now – they're 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 on a mission, but it almost also kind of feels like a style points mission, like just to you know blow people out and cover spreads and stuff. Just bludgeon and, people. I mean, yeah, and, you look at them like Iowa, to... 31 thirty-one zero, thirty thirteen, and then the late little window dressing touchdown against the Mountaineers, thirty-eight fifteen, like in sixty-three against Delaware. Like they're trying to kind of uh, make people notice that. That when Penn State's playing, oh dang! Did you see that Penn State score? Yeah, and I and I think and I don't when when you're a team fighting for the for respect in a conference where it pretty much goes to Michigan and Ohio State every year. I think early on that's not necessarily an awful thing, because um, you you've got some tougher tougher matchups, especially within conference coming up. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the late window dressing touchdowns just to try and make a point, but you know, but you know if you're not watching that game, if you're not watching Penn State West Virginia and you just see that score, you're like, oh West Virginia, they might be a decent team. Oh, Penn State beat them 38 to 15. Oh, okay. You know, and maybe that's more indicative of what that score was too. West Virginia did a good job in the red zone, but Penn State tacked on a late touchdown. I mean there's there's some things to say about that. But I mean, regardless of the matter is if you're not watching the game and you see the score, you just see the score. They're like, oh, 31 nothing Iowa. It might have been 17 nothing to the last three minutes, but they scored two touchdowns. Oh, they beat them by 30? Like, that's all people care about, and that's all they see, and they know they do have talent on the field, and then it comes down to do you win the big games. I don't think they're fighting for respect, CJ. I think they are very, very respected program. Um, it's just a matter of can they win the big ones this year versus, you know, the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. That's all there is to it. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of agree with you on that. And I will say this year, I like the Nittany Lions, man. I, I really do. Um, but enough about those, enough about James Franklin's uh, squad. Although, by the way, CJ, James Franklin, great press conference this week where he literally just talked to the reporters about how they like their coffee with cream or teas and stuff. Really kind of funny stuff there. Uh, he's feeling real comfortable uh, up in Happy Valley right now, and that team is really good. <laughs> Another uh, game there in the involving a uh, a team in the top ten there, CJ, and that's going to be USC going to face Colorado, Coach Prime, and the Buffaloes at home. They are a 21-and-a-half point dog last I saw. Uh, yep, still at 21 and a half, and the total is sitting at 73 in the hook. Like, I am going to tend to lean an under here. I think Colorado will score some points. I think USC will score some points, but I think USC might sleepwalk early. I think Colorado, after kind of getting punched in the mouth by Oregon, kind of maybe a wake-up moment for them. You know, and they got they to show up, and they got to just not talk the talk, but they got to walk the walk, too and see what happens against USC this Saturday in Boulder. I think also being on the roads is a huge difference, especially in college versus being in a place you're comfortable. And they're very good at Folsom Field so far this season, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but here's what I am going to say. Is Who's the head coach at USC? It's old Lincoln Riley, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what what what's Lincoln been known to do in the past? Win a lot of football games and, and, and put it on people, and put it on people. You think especially, they put it on? Uh, especially mm-hmm. when he feels slighted as who he's on the sidelines with. Now, do you think he's feeling that this week because of what happened last week? Dan Lanning saying essentially, "We talk with our pads. They play." I, I think so. Dion's still getting. The I haven't had the narrative though. I, I see. I, I'm going to disagree with you on that, CJ. I have seen a little bit of like the whoa, kind of Dion's not getting as much love as he yeah, has. Yeah, but they're still. Prior. But people are still playing the clip. Oh, you better get me now. It, it's still the, the the cockiness coming out. And here's the thing. And with all due respect to some of the media heads that, that were talking afterwards, that, 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 that Dan Lanning speech had absolutely nothing to do with Dion being an African-American. Like, sorry. Oh, I didn't even, I don't here. think anybody ever thought that. Anyway. Skip Bayless did. Skip Bayless did it on a dispute. I heard it. Whoa. I heard it. Really? Yeah, about how coaches out there, especially the white coaches, blah 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 blah. Here's the interesting. Thing. Dion I just thought it was just about a hey, Colorado. Yeah, we're is... tired of them getting all the love and all the press. Let's let's let somebody else get a little love, and we're going to show them why we're a better football team on the field. That's yeah, all I and, thought that was. And that's really what it was. And if you listen to to Oregon's Dan Lanning's press conference on Monday, and that's that's what he said. He was like, look. You know, he goes, I respect Dion and what he's doing for the sport. And he goes, if you can't see the good he's doing, then you're just blind and ignorant. So I, I think coaches have respect for what Dion's doing. But at the same time, guys like, you know, Lincoln Riley are going, man, you ain't accomplished anything yet. Like some of us have, have got 
stuff behind our resume. Um, and, and here's the thing. I, I said it early on that Oklahoma's – or that Oklahoma – Colorado's defense scared me. <laughs> Because I hey, didn't it's think a lot it better was than him being a lot better than him being there now, but it's a lot yeah. better for us. Oklahoma defensively can absolutely stop nobody. Like they just you they, said they Oklahoma, I, don't you mean USC? Well, USC can't really <laughs> stop anybody, but neither can Colorado. And their Colorado offensive was line, really, Colorado, Colorado was is, struggling last week with Oregon. Is USC they, on that they, level? Yes, as Oregon up front with Caleb Williams. Think, yes. Well, listen, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the line of scrimmage, CJ. I'm not sure there. I think that gives Colorado a little more of a chance to hang around in this game. I think they'll play better because, quite frankly, they're going to get challenged all weekend. And regardless, I think they were getting a little bit big on themselves heading to Oregon, thinking, hey, we're going to come here and play. And, and they didn't really put in the work to, to, to go play a game like that. They're going to put in the work this week before they play USC. It's another a big opportunity to bounce back. They'll be in this football game, no doubt about it. And I say this too, CJ, pretty pretty pricey ticket, man. 150 bucks gets you in. Colorado, though, cannot run the football. 55.8 yards a game rushing so far this year. Now, they'll toss it around with the best. I mean, USC does struggle in the secondary. Um, and they haven't really blown people away. Well, then again, I don't know. Yes, you can say that they have. But the Arizona State game makes me have a little pause for cause with USC, though, CJ. Like, San Jose State, tough, scrappy team, whatever. You blew them out. Nevada, terrible this year. Stanford, struggling, let's be honest. Yeah, you put up points, big points against all these squads. You didn't put up as many against Arizona State. It was 42, so if that's your off day, whatever. But you did struggle defensively against them, 28. Like, I think Colorado's going to score some points, CJ. I really do. I think Colorado can 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 score some points because I it, the one thing that stops USC I think from being a true national championship contender is is defensively they're just not as as good as they need to be. Here's what I will say though is I think USC is going to put up a bunch of points and here's going to be the interesting thing. Colorado can't run the ball. Their offensive line is not real good. Sanders has had to make a bunch of plays. He's had to do it with his arm because he does not want to run the ball. USC can really kind of pin their ears back and go after him because there's zero threat in that run game. I don't think the offensive line can really stand up if you if defensive lines put their minds to it. And here's going to be the other small little faction. Going into last week, and even still now, there is a bunch of talk a bunch of talk about Shadir Sanders and the Heisman Trophy conversation. And up until last week, there were a lot of people had him ahead of Caleb Williams. Mm, uh, You're going to give Lincoln know. Riley an opportunity to look at his dude and go, go prove he doesn't belong in your league. I'm going to say this. Go CJ. prove I you think... are better. I think he will. I think he'll prove he's better. But I think Shadir Sanders and Colorado will prove that they are on that level, and they're going to play. I think USC, we're going to see a, a USC fun big. Game. And for the second straight week, Dion's going to have to sit in a press conference and answer how they got their butts kicked. I'm. I'm going to. I think Arizona. The way Arizona State played with them last week gives me a little hope there for Colorado. If they had Travis Hunter, I think it's a different game too. 
I do think the Buffs will come in under this 20 and a half, 21 and a half, actually. I, I'm, I honestly think that uh, Colorado here, CJ, is going to really play with them. I think we might have uh, within a two-score game, maybe a little 10-pointer potentially. Uh, maybe USC struggles a little bit in the red area. Uh, they're a, an electric crowd there with, you know, the, the Big 12 or Big 12. The big noon Saturday kick game. I think it could be into Colorado's proven they had a good atmosphere in those games prior to this season against Nebraska. Um, you know it's gonna be good. You know it's gonna be interesting. You know it's gonna be a lit place. I think the total will actually stay under though. I really do. I think yeah, we're gonna I... see like a, a thirty seven thirty type game. I, I, I tend to actually feel the over because I think USC is going to come out. It, this is going to be a typical Lincoln-Riley. He's just going to continue to try and put up points. Um, I do think Colorado does get some scores because I do think USC defensively still has some serious deficiencies. You know, where Oregon, I think, is a very, very good defensive team. Uh, USC is not that. So I think Colorado does put up some points. Um, but I do not see this one being inside of 21. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, CJ, we'll go to the next nooner here. In the big grocery store in the Commonwealth state of Kentucky, the Wildcats are undefeated. They're at home. They're hosting the 22nd-ranked Florida Gators, a rival of theirs. Wildcats are a one-point favorite at home. Total sits at 44. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. The second I looked at this game and saw Kentucky is the favorite, and it's an underranked spot in a ranked team, Give me the Wildcats, minus the one. You can put that in my sixer right now, CJ. I like them. I like the Cats here. I think Florida with Graham Mertz has been solid. Yeah, the win against Tennessee, they were at home. They did not look good at all when they were on the road against Utah. They struggled offensively against Charlotte there and, and Booth, uh, Pogey. And if you get a chance to see Biff Pogey, please do it. The man is a unit wearing – a freaking, a absolute sleeveless gun show there for Charlotte. Um, check that out. Worth it. Just letting everybody know that. Okay, um, CJ, you know you want to take a look. Look, look there. Nothing finer than a 49er. But um, here, here's the key to this game for Kentucky. Devin Leary, their transfer quarterback from NC State, needs to hold on to the football. So far this year, five interceptions. Graham Mertz has only had one. If he holds on to the football, I think Kentucky wins this game. Although, Mr. Etienne on the, on the side there for the Gators is starting to kind of show the kind of player that he is. Both these teams are good rush in terms of running the football, and both teams are good at stopping the run. I think the one clear advantage is Florida's secondary, probably a little better so far than Kentucky's. Um, and so – Man, going to be a fun game there in Kentucky. Not, 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 not siding with you. Oh, not so fast, my friend. Not, not so fast, my friend. Here's the thing. You said some, you, you, you had a one big key word in there as it related to UK and their turnovers. If haven't seen that yet. And the four and start to me is a complete and absolute fraud. Oh, it's 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 versus nobody. I mean, they, they've they've not played a great schedule to this point. They they haven't. 
and yeah, I, I, yeah, and, and Florida, you know, struggling against Charlotte, not not really a good look. But I think their secondary is really good. I mean, they showed that against Tennessee. Now, granted, that's at home. It's a rivalry game. You're pumped up. You know, I, I, I get that. Swamp was sold out and was rocking for that night game. Um, but I really do like kind of what you have seen out of Graham Mertz. You know, he transferred from Wisconsin into Florida. And, and you've seen a little different version of him, right? More shotgun, more showing his ability to kind of be a little mobile as far as moving the pocket, you know, making throws outside of the pocket a little more – a lot different than what you saw at Wisconsin where he was under center and it was pretty much all in the pocket or handoff. Showing a little bit more athleticism to his game than I think a lot of people thought he had. Um Napier's kind of got something going there. You mentioned the mm-hmm. ETN kid. I mean, he I don't transfer been... quarterbacks. And if you think about it, one was from yeah. Wisconsin. This is Florida a little more battle-tested. Um, like I said, Graham Ertz um, showing that he's a little bit different quarterback. Uh, he's been able to take care of the ball. And granted, he's had some help with the running game in that. Um, you know, and, and, and Leary just – you know, ha- has struggled with protecting the ball. Um, I just, I think Florida is a slightly, slightly better team and a little more tested uh, than Kentucky is. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take the uh, the Gators on the road. Okay, CJ. I mean, you know, that's, it is a very, uh, it's a very intriguing game there, the New Year there in Lexington. They're going to try and grow them up some Gator. I know they like to do that. And, man, since Kentucky's kind of, Reemerged on the football map. They've they really enjoyed this game with Florida. Um, I'm excited for this one. Another SEC game though. My brother is Arkansas. The Hogs hosting Texas A&M. Jimbo's boys are going in there to Fayetteville, taking on Sam Pittman. The Hogs are a six and a half point dog, and the total sits at fifty three in the hook. I love an over in this game, and I love Arkansas to cover. I take Arkansas on an outright win. I know Connor Wegman and Texas A&M are pretty stout and pretty good, and they've got a little bit of a rhythm going, but I'm not sure I trust Texas A&M. And Arkansas's, you know, been in a couple games in the last two weeks, uh, LSU and BYU, granted both losses, but they put up points. Uh, give me an over. Yeah, this one's kind of an interesting one because I'm with you. I don't really know how much I trust A&M and, and Jimbo. But kind of at the same time, you know, I there there is some pause with, with Arkansas, too, just because of the last couple of weeks. Now, they have put up points. I, I will give you that. Um, I mean, Wegman, you know, though, against their second played, could be a problem. You know what I mean? Could be a problem. Yeah, a lot of talent. Yeah, and this being played at Jerry World, you got to wonder. I mean, it's not, you know, not it's a neutral site, but I mean, that's not a true neutral site for AM. Um, even though, you know, the guy who built Jerry World's in Arkansas alone. Um, I really don't want to trust A and M here. I, I'm I, I will go with A and M wins, but I could see, but Arkansas I could see Arkansas covering that just because they can put up points, and I'm not so sure that this is 
that A and M is completely trustworthy. I'm I'm kind of with you on that, CJ, about A and M. Um, and 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 I'll say this: the win versus Auburn, impressive, but Auburn's not what they're they're gonna be. And they're in year one of of the regime there, with you know you coming back, like. That's not as crazy of an impressive win as it normally would be. You got blown out by Miami. This is a big game for you. It's weird to see as a six, six to six and a half point favorite, depending on where you're looking. Give me the Hogs, man. I mean, I, I, the Wegman, Wegman versus the Arkansas secondary, though, does scare me a little bit. Um, and that's why I think it's almost a given that you have to take the over in this football game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, CJ, on ABC, there at noon on Saturday, we got a little Clemson-Syracuse game. Talk, you know, talk about a program that's uh, in need of a big win, and that's Syracuse. No, actually kidding. It's Clemson, of course. The Battle of the Orange here. Your boy Dino, 4-0, at home at the Dome, taking on Dabo, who is – Leading a team in that's a six and a half point favorite. Um, going to try and get some of that dinosaur barbecue up there in Syracuse. There, it's a 53 is the number, CJ. That's where it sits. I kind of lean with an under, and I kind of lean with. I'm leaning with Syracuse to cover in the dome versus Clemson. I think they're wounded right now. I think that Florida State win or I think that Florida State loss in OT when they had it, they kind of snatched, you know, the the defeat from the jaws of victory situation. Man, that might haunt them for this week for Syracuse. Yeah, I mean it really could. I mean, you gotta think about it if you had a field goal kicker, if you're Dabo, you know, you're you're three and one headed into this thing, not two and two and feeling feeling a lot different. Um, about it, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm leaning Syracuse to cover here. Um, you know, Dino's got this thing playing really well, and, and you know, I, and I know Dino's, you know, a, a true coach. He's talking. You know, if Clemson doesn't have turnovers, you know, their season looks a lot different, and and that's probably very true. Um, you know, because turnover it has though. It yeah, it has. It, it plugged him against Duke. Um, pretty clean football game against Florida State. If you get a field goal, you know, a, a competent field goal kicker, you win that thing, and you're feeling really, really good about yourself. Um. So, but I do like Syracuse yeah. at home to cover the the only thing about this Syracuse team that kind of worries me long term. Yeah. Are they finding it? Like, have they just played probably the two toughest teams they're going to play all year this year, maybe, in Duke? Eh, South Carolina will be tough to end, but, like, I mean, did they just run up against a hot Duke team and and potentially the best team in their league in Florida State, and now they're going to be a squad that kind of figures it out? Yeah, I I think Clemson probably finds a way to win – um, but I do think Syracuse definitely covers inside that number. The one thing about them that worries me is Garrett Schrader 
is also your leading rusher. True. Like, and that's a kid who came. But he does in... have more. But he does have more yards rushing than old Shipley, who has a great deal with Chipotle. By the way. Uh, yeah, it's just, it, it worries me from a guy who came in into the year off an injury. Like, do you really want him taking abuse that he doesn't need to? And I get it. That's kind of how they're set up to to play. Um, but I just I think long term for Syracuse, I'm not so sure that completely works. Um, but I, oh yeah, I think you make a good point there, CJ, about like the sustainability of the offense moving forward. They're going to need to find somebody other than Schrader to get yards. I mean, man, six touchdowns rushing, six six through the air. He's been great. The defense has been tough. These offenses are very similar. These defenses, honestly, are very similar. Like this is a this is a very tight, tough football game, and that's kind of why I'm thinking like. If you're going to give me the home team in this spot, getting six in the hook, maybe even more than that if it steams up before the noon kick on Saturday, give me give me the orange. Give me Clemson. Give me Dino and the boys. The Q's covering that spread there, CJ. And honestly, I also really, really, really would like to get involved with the total as an under in this thing. Yeah, because I think both defenses are really good. Pretty tough. You know, they, they are. I mean, you gave up 31 in an overtime to Florida State, and that's a Florida State offense that's really good. Um, but they, they made life miserable for Florida State, you know, for, for well over four quarters. Um, you know, they, they don't – Clemson still very stout against the run. That's kind of been their staple. Um you know, they don't give up a ton of big plays in the air. Um, they've been consistently that way. It's just their offense has let them down in critical key spots and moments. Um, you know, those are the kind of things you have to correct. And sometimes that happens when you get a young quarterback. Um, you know, and that that's that to me is kind of the slight difference in this one. You got a senior who's been through the war, has been through it as opposed to Cade Kelbnick, who's, you know, a sophomore really kind of seeing his first live action, you know, this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, and it, and it so turnovers too. Like, you know, like you said, Dino kind yeah. of giving him that coach speak, but that could be part of it. And Dabo's even trying to kind of excuse it away against Duke, the turnovers. But now it's like, okay, it's showtime. And I think Clemson's going to have to figure it out on the fly. And I think people are betting on them to do so. But I think it might not be as easy as people think here against Syracuse on Saturday. Um, CJ, speaking of another conference matchup here um, in the ACC, on the CW at two, we're going to go back and pick up three nooners after this. But UVA and BC, talk about a yuck fest. UVA is a a three-and-a-half-point dog going to BC. Although I'll say this, though, BC is kind of an interesting team. You know, they always do well in the red bandana game. Castellanos is kind of an interesting quarterback. Virginia kind of trying to rebuild themselves after the tragedy last year. And, and Kondilandra, uh, you know, is, is, is a quarterback that's got some ability, some, some dual threat capability, and has a little spunk to him. Um, and, and they competed against the NC State game I watched there. Uh, got some stupid penalties. I like Virginia to go on the road and beat BC and Chestnut Hill. 
give me the who's. And the total 54, I wouldn't want to get involved with at all. Yeah, I, I would stay away from that total. I actually am going to take you BC. stay away from the game. Oh, you take BC. Yeah, I, I, I would say I, stay I, away. But Well, yeah, I mean, just just stay away. But, you know, for craps and giggles, because, you know, <laughs> we, we, we can say we that did. on a lot of games. Um, I just I, – UVA, very young, still really kind of trying to figure it out. Um, just stupid bad turnovers. Uh, I just don't think they're a real, real good football team right now. A lot of that is some youth in key spots. Um, they can't run the ball. I mean, their leading rusher has 100 yards through four games. They just – they absolutely cannot run the ball. Uh, BC, to me, is just the much better team. Um, and – I, I think they, they cover the three and a half on Saturday. Mm, okay. All right. Going go with uh, BC. Uh, and I'll say this. Know someone who's a huge BC guy. And he's he's leery of them. But uh, <laughs> we we shall see. Um, CJ, picking up those trio nooners that we, that we dropped off there. And they all involve teams from the Sun Belt Conference – uh, or deep down south there with Tulane and UAB. The Dilfers there with UAB, the Dragon Blazers, as Zach likes to call them, they're a 21-and-a-half-point dog going to Tulane against the Green Wave, ESPN2 there at noon. Tulane looking to kind of uh, get it rolling there against UAB. UAB's been kind of kind of a, a tricky team, though, and, and played some teams a little closer than you thought there in Dilfers' first year. You build that thing there. Zeno at quarterback's been interesting. And they got they got you know beat handily by Georgia, but they you know they put up a little fight there at times, and then they they give up a lot of points. But um, the Blazers can they compete with uh, with Tulane here on Saturday afternoon? I, I'm going to go with no, um, and that kind of hurts me a little because I am kind of a big Trent Dilfer fan. I think the guy knows the game really well. I think he sees it's it from a bad perspective. Yeah, but that's the thing. They are just so bad defensively. Um, and, and Tulane offensively has been explosive, um, has been very good, has taken care of the ball. Um, you know, I mean, you look at Tulane, the, the one loss, old Miss. That tells you all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, I think that kind of tells you everything you really need to know about this game that you can get in for for two bucks. Hey, even though the Green Wave playing you know, are going to be a threat uh, to some teams here down the stretch for sure. Uh, a a big game there uh, involving a Sun Belt squad there, and that's Louisiana who took it to this Dragon Blazer squad few weeks back, beating them 41-21. They're an 11-point dog against P.J. Flex, Minnesota Golden Gophers, wrote a boat, Scotty Ma. Um, you know, 49 is the total. I like Louisiana to hang here because Minnesota Yeah, I, I think Louisiana can, can probably hang around in this game. Yeah, Minnesota doesn't feel like a team that's really going to blow anybody out, um, you know. But, I, I, like I said, I, I think they probably stay inside of that 11. 
Um, this is going to be a game where I see Minnesota really leaning on that run game. Um, you know, Darius Taylor has been really good as a freshman back there. Um, you know, averaging six yards a carry. Um, we all know what Minnesota is up front, you know, which is big and yeah, physical. They game. like to lean on people. Yeah. Pro game game. Um, but I – defense, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, their secondary has been – Minnesota's secondary at times has, has left you a little gasp and try to figure out what they're doing. Um, so I think Louisiana could put up some points, keep this thing interesting. Uh, but I do like Minnesota to find a way at home. Well, and I'll say this too, Louisiana last year, it kind of took them a minute to figure it out, you know, year one without Billy Napier. But they started getting it a little bit. And now this year, you know, it's they're starting to get a little flow offensively, right? I mean, even in their loss to Old Dominion, which is a bad loss um, on the road, they scored 31 points. So, like, they're gonna, I think they're going to score some points there with Woolridge at quarterback. And just – although Minnesota's defense is so good. Like, and, and Taylor running the football, you're probably right, CJ. Probably would be safe to go with the Gophers here and probably roll with an under if it got any higher than 50. Um, final nooner, and this is a Sunbelt showdown. South Alabama, 2-2, two and two, big win against Oklahoma State earlier this year. They're traveling to go to Harrisonburg there to take on the James Madison, the Dukes, 4-0, undefeated in this so far this year. But South Alabama yucked it up there. Following the win against Oklahoma State, they came back and lost the Chippewas of Central Michigan at home. So they're 2-2. Two and two. James Madison 4-0, man. Tough win at Troy. Tough win at UVA by one. They won at Utah State by seven. Like, they're back home finally after it's it's been a month. And, I mean, they beat Bucknell in the opener. But, like, man, what do you think about it? The Dukes there, CJ. They've given up 41 and a half yards a game on the ground defensively. Like, whew, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it is. And I'm probably going to lose my alumni card at Liberty over this one. But um, I, I really get the Dukes, do, right? Minus three? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like the Dukes at home. Like you said, it, it's been a while since they've been at home, so that place should be <clears> – <throat> Pretty, pretty rock in there in, in Harrisonburg. Um, the weather could be kind of an interesting factor in this game, too. It's supposed to be, you know, 65 and rainy, um, according to the weather forecast. Mm. Um, you know, JMU, um, I mean, that, that's a really good program. I don't think people – I think a lot of your Quite casual – Quite no, man. Yeah, Coaching Nettie, really, man, they're, they're getting – yeah, didn't really understand how good that program was um, at the FCS level. Um, you know, they, they were ready to kind of make this jump, and they, they've done really well with it. Um, their ability to just stop the run. Now, granted, you could make the argument they haven't really played anybody that's physical enough to run the ball, and that's probably a very true statement. But, you know, still only, you know, to be giving up less than 42 a game, I mean, that's, that's still putting in work. You know, offensively, they've been very, very good. Uh, McLeod at quarterback has played extremely well. Um, made good decision, hasn't turned the ball over. Um, and then Keon Black, the running back, has just been sensational for them as well. Um, I 
just I continue to see them pressing forward. I just I think they're probably a little bit ahead of where South Alabama is right now. Um, should be a good close fun game, um, but I, I do like the Dukes at home to to find a way to pull this out and and probably cover the the three. Yes, yeah, I mean man, South Alabama though. Bradley quarterback. The Jags are are not a team that I uh, necessarily want to get into a, a shootout with for sure, and that's not James Madison's kind of identity either. Um, I will say this about this game, though. I think it's a potential spot where South Alabama kind of having a little bit, I'll say, of, of that uh, kind of in the back of their memory vault, being able to win and dominate a game against Oklahoma State, they're not going to be intimidated going here to take on the Dukes and JMU. I'll, I'll like I said, I, I will take. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with you, and I'll take JMU to win because I think they're probably the better team and they're at home. But that's going to be a fun game. Um, and that total sitting at forty nine in the hook, I, I wouldn't get around that at all. CJ going to be. Very, very intriguing to see um, if these two teams are able to kind of really get anything going and put points up on the board. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, 3.30, brother. We're going to hear the CBS theme song in all its glory in an SEC game, finally, for once again. Your dogs, the Georgia Hunkadanny Harry Dogs, they're going to Auburn between the hedges. No, actually not between the hedges. It's Jordan, just Jordan Hare. They do have hedges there, though, correct? Uh, they do. Yeah. Kind of a weird thing. I think that's a requirement for SEC school. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. But, I mean, hey, the dogs are a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Auburn, though, CJ feels like a tricky little dog here to me. The, the boys there, War Eagle, man, like, you freeze gets them really riled up, ready to play in this one. The toast's at forty-five in the hook, man. Do you think Auburn can get inside that number? I don't think they can win, but do you think they can get inside that number? Yeah, I mean, I, I could see a scenario in which they do. Um, the only reason I hesitate on that is while Georgia offensively has not has it been kind of what you've been used to seeing um, under Stetson Bennett and all that with the explosiveness? Um, it feels like they're kind of starting to get some things back. Um, you know, Dejon Edwards, you know, coming back off that injury, looked really good last week. Um, he, he's given you something in that run game that you haven't really had. Brock Bowers is who Brock Bowers is. Beck is starting, Carson Beck's starting to kind of grow in and, and settle into that quarterback role. But the one thing that has been consistent for Georgia really for the last three years has been how good they are defensively. That hasn't changed. Um, they don't give up yards on the ground. They don't give up yards in the air. Like, that is still their identity. And I think they're completely okay with – smothering people defensively pounding out and grinding out wins and and moving on right it's almost right now why they're still figuring out it offensively is very survive and advance mentality and it's worked um auburn hugh freeze i know he's gonna have them pumped up ready to go 
he's going to find unique ways offensively, I think, to create yards. I just don't know if they've quite got enough for him down there right now to put up points to kind of maybe keep you inside that number. I kind of agree with you, CJ. That might be. This feels like, like, this feels like a very much limited. Jordan Hare crowd, man. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, this just feels like a very limited possession game where Kirby and Georgia kind of just suck the air out of the ball. And it it's almost in an testament to try and see if you freeze can stay patient and not get stupid. I could see this thing being like 28 to 13 even. And you're just right. outside that number that you're looking for too. Could really yeah. see that. Um, hey, CG, you want to talk about another limited possession game? How about the number two ranked Michigan Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh, finally back in the saddle, going to Matt Rule's Nebraska Cornhuskers? Michigan's a 17 point favorite on the road there at Nebraska Memorial. And the great fans that are there who now get more fans for volleyball potentially than they do for football, but that's a different story. Actually, it's still great fans there in Nebraska. The black shirts know more, though, although. Better defensively than they've been, and this total sits at 39, CJ, which just tells me that, like, the boys out in the desert don't think Nebraska's going to score more than maybe at most 10 points in this game. Yeah, and probably with good reason. Um, You know, offensively, they are just absolutely horrendous. I I like Michigan big in this one. Um, You know, offensively, Michigan – has continued to be what they are, um, you know, in, in running the ball, you know, Blake Curham continuing to just, I mean, it's literally like he had no drop off from last year. Uh, JJ McCarthy has really elevated himself at the quarterback position, um, which I think was really kind of the difference last year is it felt like he, he was trying to make throws that he really wasn't capable of trying to make the big play and be dynamic um, at the quarterback position. Um, You know, that was my one hesitation on them going into the playoff um, that I told you, I felt like he was kind of holding them back a little bit because he tried to make the big play. He's really come off of that this year. Hasn't, really tried to force it, taking what's there, really trusted in the scheme and what they're trying to do. Um, and I think that's made them actually a lot better offensively. Hey, CJ, really kind of interesting and funny you mentioned that about how, you know, McCarthy at times tried to force it last year. I got that same vibe at times. And now this year, totally within the control of everything in the offense. And, man, they're able to run downhill – on anybody that they want to. They look so good this year. Um, I mean, Georgia, to me, I would put them behind Michigan. But, you know, that's just me. I like what Harbaugh and the Khakis is bringing to the to the dance. I think this will be a definitely, potentially, in my sixer, buddy. The total sitting at 39 is so low, though. But Nebraska, man, they are rough offensively with Sims. I mean, Georgia Tech transfer, who's a tough kid, but, man, made turned a ball over a lot so far this year in some big games. Um, and no reason to think that Michigan's defense is not going to force a couple turnovers from Sims as well. Give me the Wolverines with that 17-point spread for sure. 
Hey, speaking of dynamic quarterback play, CJ, the next game here, Kansas, Texas, Jayhawks 24th in the country, 17-point dog as well at Texas. Give me the Jayhawks. I like Daniels to put up a show and, and make this a football game. I think Texas will probably win, but they'll be inside of 17. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could see that. Um, or do you think Kansas just gets out physical? Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of my one hesitation on this is because it, I, we, I know Texas is a very physical team. I mean, they showed that you went to Alabama and, and punched them in the mouth and really kind of beat them at their own game, um, which is kind of unheard of, especially in the Saban era down there. I just – I don't know. Texas right now feels kind of one of like one of the more complete teams in the country in the way they've played. Now it's still Texas. I ain't believing. I ain't saying they back yet. I ain't doing it. <laughs> hey, this, <laughs> would go, not... this would go a long way towards saying they're back, CJ, if they were able to beat Kansas here. I will say this. Uh, Who would have ever about... thought that, that that statement would have actually been somewhat true? But it is. <laughs> but it, it is, is but it is, is. Um, like we're living in that world right now cj where kansas man they're a tough team like and i like leopold man the way he coaches that team lance lance does like neil the ability to run the football downhill i mean they took it to some good teams this year and i don't know if illinois and the byu are great wins and and they survived nevada somehow but Texas might be, and I'm not saying that this is definitely going to happen here, CJ, but we do know Texas. what Texas has next Saturday. Oh, yeah, Red River rivalry, you know, maybe, maybe a yeah. slight look-ahead spot. The, tr- um, the Triple and- R game there, I kind of think this might be a little look-aheadish for them, and Kansas gives them a much better game than anybody anticipates. Yeah, and, and I agree with you on that. And I think this this is what's going to be interesting for me and with this game is does Sarkeesian have the full lock on this on this team? Are they focused in week to week and not peeking ahead, right? Because that's kind of been what Texas's MO has been, right? They kind of get lost in who they are, get all pumped up, all, all the positive press, and then they drop a stupid one, right? One where I mean, you're sitting their there defense going, has been so the... good this year, CJ, and like I, that makes me kind of think that maybe they're they're in store and, and they're going to be ready for this thing because it's been so good this year. Yeah, it it has been, and you know, offensively, you know they they have played they've they've had they've played well. I mean, they've had stretches in games where they didn't look real great, um. But then they hit a couple of plays, and all of a sudden you're looking up and going, well, wait, this was a one-possession game. Now it's two or three. Yeah. I mean, they manned but I, I do think on the road yeah. at night. I mean, that was that was a, a sign that, man, Texas is tough. Now, granted, Wyoming hung with them, but then in the fourth quarter, Wyoming got into the deep end with Texas, and, well, Texas kind of was like uh, somebody who plays, you know, chicken – they kind of drowned them there. Uh, didn't work out for them. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think Texas can Kansas hang around in the deep end on, in the fourth quarter. I think they might be able to. 
I think they might be able to. I do think probably the depth that Texas has shows itself in the fourth quarter. I think Kansas ha- I think Kansas can find a way to stay inside of that number. Um, but I do think Texas does find a way to win just because just because of their depth um at, at positions, especially key ones. Um they can yeah, rotate guys in running back. Um the, the defensive line is just I mean, they hockey change that thing. So yeah. I think that's going to be the ultimate difference, but I do think Daniels and Kansas finds a way to keep this thing interesting for about three and a half quarters. Ooh, uh, but so it's three and a half enough to be inside the number, CJ. I, I think it is. Okay, okay. Um, that total at sixty-one is pretty interesting too. I kind of love that total, although Texas defensively been tough, like we said. Two other Big Twelve games here, CJ, at at three thirty. We got Houston, Texas Tech on FS two. And Baylor UCF on FS1, Texas Tech's an eight and a half point favorite at home against Dana and the Coos, who have been uh, pretty bad, uh, pretty bad. Um, <laughs> and then Baylor is a 12 and a half point dog on the road at the bounce house against U- UCF. Who would you rather be? Would you rather be Houston as a dog or Baylor as a dog on the road? Who gets inside the number? Either one of them? You know, in all honesty, I think I would rather, as crazy as it sounds, I think I'd rather be Baylor. Um, 100% agree with you on that, CJ. You know, I, just, I think I Tech think, is going to be pissed this Saturday. Yeah, I just, I, you know, there, there were some things there that you really, that I think kind of, if you're Texas Tech after that West Virginia game, I think you found some things offensively that you really liked, especially at the end. Um, Morton's ability in that no huddle to really kind of control and command the offense. I think they found something there. I think they found it late. Um, you know, Brooks is a Taj Brooks is he's a man child. I mean, let's just he's be a beast. real. He is he a beast. Is, he is he is really really good. Um, that's you know. And and I think it's tough too if you look at Texas Tech. I mean, you you lose your starter, um, you know, a senior who, and you know, you never want to see a guy get hurt like that. I mean, that just sucks all the way around. Um, you know, it didn't look good when it happened, and obviously you get carted off in the cast. It, it takes a lot of air out of your sidelines. Um, you know, now you've kind of had a week to kind of work that out get a game plan around a Morton kid who has shown in the past that he can play at this level. Um, and, and you got a Houston team that's feeling a lot of pressure. You know, I, the reason they fired major Applewhite is, is we don't lose four games in a year and you already halfway to that total. Yep. I don't think Dana's coaching for his job quite yet, but that seat's getting real damn hot. Well, let's say this real quick. You lose there to Texas Tech, and then you get that next one, which is going to be real interesting uh, there for the Cougs. Um, I agree with you, CJ. I think McGuire's uh, Red Raiders are going to find it, and I think they're going to destroy Houston here. Eight and a half. I love the Red Raiders in this one, and honestly, I really like that total over 51 as well. Um, In the UCF game, I think Baylor might actually be in a good spot here to rebound and finally find themselves a win, depending on health. Um, 
because UCF has not been great. I mean, Rolando McLean's coming a quarterback and kind of giving him a little bit of a spark um, due to the injury to Plumlee because he has experience starting at at, uh, at South Florida, you know, at, UC, at USF, not UCF, but he was the Bulls quarterback there. So he has experience in D1 level, but they're not running that offense the same. And I think Baylor's tough. Give me the Bears to cover. Yeah, I, I think Baylor – Baylor is tough. I think I, I do like Baylor on the road here. There is kind of an interesting matchup in this one, and that's going to be the Golden Knights defensive line against Baylor's offensive line. Um, you know, UCF, you know, through three games, you know, has looked very dominant in the front, you know, able to to stop the run, get pressure but on the quarterback. Let's also say who they play in, CJ, right? Well, no. Can we be fair in saying that? No, I, I think that is is fair, um, but I think for me that's this will be an interesting one because of how, and granted Texas is we just talked about it deep, defensively and very good, but can Baylor's offensive line respond after basically getting absolutely owned last week? Mm-hmm. That's that, a good point. That that's the question, and, and 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 here's and here's the thing too. I, I think, think it's it, challenge these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I and I think if you're Dave Miranda, I think you you got to get these guys off the mat. I I don't think he's in a hot seat position yet, but a one and four start does not help that, especially considering one of those is Texas State. Yeah, you got a point there, CJ. Um, a team that um the coach is definitely not on the hot seat, and that's Maryland with Michael Oxley. They're hosting the Hoosiers there at three thirty. On the Big Ten Network, Indiana is a 14-and-a-half-point dog against the Terps. Maryland, slight look-ahead spot with Ohio State the next week in the shoe, trying to remain undefeated going into that matchup. Um, do you think Coach Allen and the Hoosiers have a chance to get inside that number, CJ? I think they can get inside the number, but I think the Terps will win at home. Mr. Tylea Tagavaloa, I've worked hard on that over the years here, CJ, and I'm really proud to say it now. Um <laughs> And that offense with a, a former Mountaineer and Caden Prather kind of leading the receiving core and him be at running back being a tough guy. I like Maryland. Yeah, I do too. Um, th- this one for me is I, I do think they can, Indiana can find a way to be inside of that number, partially because of the look ahead spot. The other part for me is um, not, not calling for real. Sure. Yeah, not, not, not calling for real great weather in Maryland. Um, which I think kind of, to me, takes them a little out of their comfort zone. I'm not sure it benefits know... Indiana, though. Their, their offense I'm not sure so it does either. It, yeah, it has been, but I think if if the weather is bad and that kind of affects the passing game, kind of changes the way Maryland wants to really attack, that might work in your favor if you're Indiana a little bit and getting inside that number. Um yeah, that's true that to me is kind of one of the, the, the interesting things to look at. Plus, like you said, Maryland, a little bit of a look ahead spot. Maybe do you sleepwalk through the first quarter or so? I mean, the tickets are seven dollars right now to get into the now named SECU stadium here. And CJ, I, I gotta I gotta look here, but is that what they now have named Bird Stadium? 
Is SEC Stadium? Yes, it is. Wow. Yes, what it is. Like. Used to it used to be Bird Stadium. Then it was Capital One for a while. Chase, I think, for a little while. Whew, that's yeah, bad. It, it, I will tell you this. I it, love it's the changed names more times than Prince. <laughs> I love the under, by the way, in this game at fifty. I don't trust Indiana's offense at all. And I think Maryland's defense is pretty tough. Um, and another game here. We might as well hit another Big Tenner in here, CJ, real quickly. And real quickly, I mean, it, the Peacock game here, Illinois 2-2, two and two, Purdue 1-3. and three. Uh, Teams are fighting for, for bowl bursts for sure. FAU almost went in there to Champaign and beat Bilma's – or beat, beat Bilma's squad last week. Purdue's struggling here. They Their only wins VT on the year. It's a pick em game. Does the total get over 53 in the hook? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, CJ. I think Purdue wins it, by the way. I think they'll bang on the big drum and bang on it all day and beat Illinois. Um, good win. It'll be a big win for Coach Brom. No, he's not there anymore, is he? Nope. It'll be a big win for the new coach there uh, at Purdue, who honestly, CJ, do not know his name. Knew he was a safety but at Colorado, Walter, Walters, that's it. Big win for Walters there, getting his Big Ten debut win on Saturday there, brother. Um, we got two more 330s before we get into some night games here, CJ. And one we're going to cue the music for. The Herd at home, CJ, in their home opener in the conference, hosting ODU, 14.5 point favorite. Total sits at 46 in the hook. I think I'm going to roll with the herd again, CJ. Although ODU, you know, an in- interesting team and not one that Marshall should take lightly coming off this win against Vatek last week. Um, but I will say this ODU struggled last week in a 10 to 9 win where they held it on against Texas AM Commerce uh, coming off that tight loss to Wake Forest. And they lost by 19 to the Hokies. So, looks good for the Hurt. Yeah, you know, I, I think... Avoid if, the letdown, though. Avoid the letdown. Yeah, I think you've got to avoid the the letdown. I think you do have to kind of take this thing seriously. Um, the, Looking for good weather in Huntington Saturday. 76 degrees, homecoming. Now it's down to 14. Total now is actually up to 47 and a half. Marshall's rolling and playing pretty good football, CJ. Rasheen Ali yeah. can get can can turn on the Jets. Cam Fancher another year in that system making good decisions, although not been explosive in the passing game yet at all. Has Marshall, and they haven't had to, and I don't think they have to here, but they will eventually. Yeah, I think they will have to eventually. Um, you know, but as long as they can continue to really run the ball, I think that helps. Um, you know, I but Marshall, I think, does have to kind of find that. And I think the way they have played so far, um, bringing a young quarterback along, um, not really trying to put him in a ton of tough spots, it's it, it's really worked out. Um, you know, I if I was ODU, I'd almost be tempted just to load the damn box and make the kid beat me with his arm. But I mean, he, I know. think he can. And they got some guys. I think the kids got. Yeah, I I think the kids got an absolute ton of talent, but you know maybe do you do you light him up and see if maybe you can 
create a couple of turnovers, you know, that kind of thing where he is still, you know, kind of, you know, it wet could, behind the ears, happen. if you will. It, it could happen. Now, CJ, real quickly here, um, with with the herd, I, I think their defense is, is extremely stout. Um and when your quarterback doesn't necessarily have the ability to make plays outside of the pocket, like last week, Mr. Drones did for Vautech, and that's how they scored um, essentially two of their touchdowns, the only two they had. ECU got a big play on the ground with the quarterback run, but that's not in the MO of um, of, of the Monarch signal, signal caller, uh, Grant Wilson, more of a pocket passer. Um, and he's thrown some picks this year. I think the herd wins this one big at home. I think ODU is going to struggle offensively big time in this one. I'd almost be inclined to take the total, especially if it rises any higher. I think Coach Huff will be perfectly content to sit on the football in this one. CJ, games at 4 o'clock here. There's three of them. I don't want to spend a ton of time on any of them, but I do want to mention them all real quickly here. Mizzou Vandy. Mizzou's in the top 25. They're 23rd. They're a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Do you take the candy with Fandy? Yes or no? I'm going to say yes, I take it simply just because I don't don't know if maybe Missouri gets a little high on themselves. I think they could get a little high on themselves, drink a Wits can. Swan can pitch it around, but Cook's been great at quarterback for them. Although I will say, Vandy, they're they've been in most of their games. Um, yeah, they, they, you know, they, they've been very pesky. Yeah, you can get into that one for ten dollars. By the way, CJ, I'm not getting in. I'm not getting and uh, rushing to the window at all for that. Um, Boise State, Memphis. It's at, on ESPN two at four o'clock. Boise. Uh, is a three-point dog on the road, um, a chance to get, you know, for the, for the boys on the blue turf to get a little bit of their own medicine and take on Memphis with those funky uh, blue court. I wish they could cross that over a little bit. Um, we know Memphis likes to throw the football with with in their system there with Hennigan. Uh, Boise's kind of struggling, I think, to find themselves this year. Uh, but they did get a big, big win against San Diego State on the road last week after their opening win. And they played UCF tough. Washington's going to beat a lot of teams this year. Oh, and, yeah. but, Memphis, but Memphis played Missouri extremely tough last week. Now, granted, they barely survived against Navy. So it's like, hmm, what do we have here? I will say, though, CJ, Boise defensively is not what they've been. And I think Memphis can get them at home. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I, I like Memphis at home. Uh this is not not your typical Boise State team that you've kind of Yep. This is not your older cousin's Broncos right here. This is not yeah. Bronco Mendel's Broncos. One other one real quick here, because I love Craig Bowl in Wyoming. They want to get you in the deep end. They're at home against New Mexico. Wyoming three and one, their lone loss to Texas. They beat App State at home. Um Last weekend late, they, they have a win over Texas Tech in double OT. They're a fun watch there with Peasley at quarterback. Whaley's a great running back. Their defense is very stout, very tough. Um, I'm, I'm a big Wyoming Cowboy fan, and I think they'll get 
and drown the Lobos into the deep end there on Saturday afternoon, CJ. Um, also, though, I think something that you definitely want to look at is a total in this one. It's at 40. New Mexico can score some points. And Wyoming, although they've scored points against UMass and Tennessee Tech, so maybe you don't want to get involved with the total there because Wyoming is just stout defensively. I don't know. Laramie's fun, yeah, it's kind of a That is kind of a tough one, but, yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with the uh, UPS-colored Cowboys. Yep, yep, the UPS colors. Um, no UPS colors, uh, although they do wear gold in Baton Rouge, but they're going to Oxford, CJ. You won't see much of that. Or the, you will, but they'll be in packs, the purple and gold, when they go down there to the Grove to take on the Rebs, licking their wounds a little bit off the loss to Bama. They're a two-and-a-half-point dog, CJ. I like them to take out the Bayou Bengals here. Brian Kelly and the bunch. It's going to be a, a barn burner at 6 o'clock on ESPN from Von Hemingway Stadium. What do you like in this one, man? Do you think Lane Train gets it back on track with Jackson Dart? Yeah, I do because I, you know, I, I had, you know, obviously this is one I missed last week with, you know, Ole Miss. I really thought they'd at least cover against Alabama um, and, and had an opportunity to at least push that thing late. Um, they had the lead too. I mean, Alabama just kind of suffocated them, really. Yeah, they, they really did. But I think the one thing that I came away impressed with is that's a game typically that Lane Kiffin and Old Miss have given up a lot more points. Like they, they, they've gotten bum rushed. Um, but I think defensively, this, you know, they, they are better than they have been. I think they showed that last Saturday against an Alabama team who, yeah, offensively is, I, I think, a little more challenged than what you're typically used to have seen over the last four or five years with them. Um, but Old Miss, I think, still showed you something. You know, tough-fought game. I think that, that that game felt a lot closer than than 14 did. Um, you know, I, I really like the makeup of this team. You're hey, at we need to see the Rebs, the... though, CJ, run the football a little bit. Jackson Dart being the leading rusher for this squad through four games, a little bit unacceptable. Yeah, I think it is. And I, I think if you're Kiffin, I think that's a point that you you know you understand. Um, and I think you maybe try and get fixed because they do have very capable running backs on on that roster. Um and, you know, I, I just – I don't know how much I really trust LSU and Brian Kelly just yet. Um, hey, hey, CJ, this he, total is 67, man. I've liked him, so. Yeah, hey, you know, you, we know he's the Joe Madden of college football, you know. Um, Pretty much. Hey, I, I'm going to say this real quick. That total sitting at 67, I kind of <clears> lean under in this game. I think both defenses are kind of um, – Limit opportunities. Maybe they might try and keep it a little closer to the vest at times. Although I say that, and it'll probably end up being an absolute shootout. Um, yeah, and well, and here's the other thing too: when you get into I just some like the of reps bigger, to win the game. Yeah, I do too. And I think here's the thing too: when you get into some of those bigger numbers, you have to remember the new clock rules. So there's actually there are less possessions. So is it one of those where you feel like the defenses are just going to basically not be able to stop anybody? And I just don't think that's the case. I'm with you on that, CJ, hundred um, percent. 
a game at 6.30 and a team that I don't think is going to stand much of a chance of stopping the opponent, and that's Stanford against Oregon. Ducks number nine in the country. They're a 27-point favorite on the road there in Palo Alto. Um, total sits at 61. Stanford's lost three in a row since their opening win at Hawaii. They got blitzed by USC by 46, 56 to 10. They lost to Sacramento State. And, man, they're a great FCS program, but you can't lose that game if you're Stanford. Then they lost by one to Arizona at home. They're going to be in trouble here against Oregon and Bo Nix and company. But do you think possibly Oregon might kind of be uh, in between games here a little bit, considering Washington's coming up next on the schedule? Although they do have a bye week before it, do they take their foot off the gas, or do you think you saw enough out of Dan Lanning in that speech there against Dion that like they're taking no prisoners this season? Stanford's going to yeah. need to hide, run, and hide the children. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, <clears throat> I, I really th- there's something different about this Oregon team. I mean, when you, you know they're they're not about flash or about substance. You know, I I, I love the line. You know, talk with your rooted guys. in substance. Rooted in substance, you know, we're out there for, you know, wins, not clicks. Like, this has a much different feeling, I think, than some other Oregon teams have had. Um, I, I really like what they're all business, DJ. They're all they, business. They are. And, and here's just a really interesting thing to think about with Oregon. Bo Nix played against Justin Herbert in college. Oh, yeah. At Auburn. Yeah. Herbert's on his fourth, fifth year in the NFL, and Bo Nix is yep. still in college. The kickoff <laughs> classic. Yeah, and he, man, he knows all the reads. Yeah, he's almost as old as, as a former and looks and probably – he he's as old as Andrew Luck looks, a former Stanford quarterback, man. I mean, yeah. dude. Yeah, like Oregon, they're on a different level. 27 such a big number. But I really do like the under 61. I think Stanford defensively will do enough but they won't do enough offensively. I think we're going to win this game like 42 to like 14 or something like that, and you're under the total. Um, yeah, I'm in agreement. Night game here, CJ, at 7 on FS1, Big 12-er, Iowa State, Rocco Bex, leading them Cyclones in to Oklahoma. They're in Norman against the Sooners, 14th in the country. Still haven't been tested. They're 20-point favorite here in this one for Dylan Gabriel and the boys. Uh, I don't expect them to get tested much, but I do think they might get a cover from Iowa State here, showing a little bit of life last week, beating Oklahoma State and scoring some points and doing so. And they got kind of jobs against Ohio. Let's be real. That field goal was made. Um, Should have been an overtime. Who knows if you win it. Narrative's a lot different if you're 3-1 and one heading into this game. Uh, the Sooners, though, are just absolutely blitzing people in two contests. And, and then the other two, CJ, SMU, and Cincinnati, they've kind of struggled a little bit. What Oklahoma are we going to see Saturday? I kind of lean Iowa State to stay under that number. Although this isn't yeah. your best. This isn't the same defense that we've seen over the years, though. Campbell is in a yeah. little bit of uh, this isn't the same Matt Campbell team, but do you trust him to stay inside that number? They've had success against Oklahoma historically. Yeah, I, I do trust him to kind of stay in that number. This isn't the, the, the same defensive team that you're used to seeing under Campbell at Iowa State. Um, but I also do think you're kind of seeing Oklahoma's offense not regress, but kind of come back to the mean, right? Like, 
you put up 66 on Tulsa. Okay. You put up 73 on Arkansas State. Okay. Right. Okay. You know, yeah. But against a, a pretty decent defensive team in Cincinnati, 20. Um, you know, SMU defensively isn't great. Um, I thought Dylan Gable really struggled in that game. Um, you know, I, I don't think maybe offensively they quite have it completely figured out. Now, the one thing I will say is, is he hasn't really turned the ball over. Now, he's missed some throws that I thought he should have. The one glaring thing for me in this is, is Oklahoma really kind of struggling to run the ball early. Um, you know, Tywee Walker, 176 yards on 34 carries is your leading rusher. Um you know, I just I don't know if they're if they don't if they can't run the ball or they just haven't really unveiled that part of the offense yet. Well, Iowa State's even been worse than them at it, which I think bodes well for them Saturday. But you're right, CJ. There hasn't been that uh, emphasis on the run game so far this year for the Sooners at all. And that and that's always kind of been the staple their program was built on. It was they just they brutalized you in the run game. And we know Iowa State, you know, even though they haven't been maybe as good as they've been, and granted, you know, Oklahoma State is so far their most points they've given up in a game. They gave up ten and twenty in losses, right? So it wasn't necessarily the defense's fault in those games. They are very good against the pass. I mean, they're not, they're not even giving up over 180 yards per game this year through the air. So could they slow down Dylan Gabriel and make Oklahoma kind of have to run the football more against them, and then that becomes a much tighter football game? Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm leaning. Yeah, I agree with you, CJ, there. Take, give me the Cyclones plus the 20. Um, we've got a trio of Sunbelt games I want to just mention at 7 o'clock there. And that is Coastal, six-and-a-half-point dog going to Statesboro to take on the Georgia Southern Eagles there. Total sits at 66. you got Troy, the defending West and defending champs of this fun belt, um, a one-point dog on the road against Georgia State and, and Granger. And that Georgia State team has been real good so far this year. Got that big win on last Thursday night. Um and then you got Texas State, who has the big win against Baylor on the road, is a five and a half point favorite at the Rock there in Hattiesburg. Total sits at sixty-two. Which one of those three would you want to watch, CJ? You know, you going with McCall as a dog? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going. Yeah, Coastal McCall as a dog. Um, you know, I, I really like Grayson McCall. I, I I really have ever since he was a freshman. Um, a lot of grit to his game. Um, Good quarterback play in that game too, with with Bryn. Yeah, and, and to me, I think that should be a it should be a pretty good game. I think Georgia Southern finds a way to win at home, um, but I wouldn't be shocked if Coastal covers that number. And you'll get the NFL Network bells during that one too. So you know that that always kind of gives it a little allure there. Um, and man, Coastal though without Caldwell now with Coach Beck, a little different. And I think it's maybe. Uh, a game where this could be a, a culture turning win for them this year for the chance, or it keeps them going in a direction where the season might not go the way they want it to. Um, Troy's the defending champ. They're going to Georgia state. Granger was, has been great so far this year. Um, I'm very excited for that game, CJ. 
Uh, Gunnar Watson, though, and Troy knows how to win football games. They have a tough loss to Kansas State, and they lost a tight one to JMU, who's a who's an extremely good team. Now, granted, you got to give Georgia State credit because they took it to Coastal. So, you know, that'll be a fun one. And then TJ Finley in Texas State, I think they'll roll against Southern Miss. But the Rock is a tough place to play. And Southern Miss is a lot better than they've been. They're building, but they're not where they need to be yet. And that defense is not very good. So um, that was your fun belt trio there at 7, CJ. We'll, we'll get that in. Now let's get to some big boy games. Oh, did I just say that? I can't say that. Now, let, now let's get to some uh, the game day game here, 7.30 in Durham. The Dukies, CJ. It's awesome, baby, with a capital A. Vitell would go crazy for this matchup. It's Notre Dame coming in. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite with Sam Hartman at quarterback. The tough loss, 10 on the field. Do the Irish raise up and beat Duke, or do the Dukies continue this magical run here with Tim Elko at the helm? Yeah, this <clears throat> this one to me is going to be a really good one. Um, you know, I, I think there is a little bit of added pressure here if you're Notre Dame um, because – because of what you're wanting to accomplish, you're playing against Ohio State in a really tough game and then a really bad mental gaffe at the end. And a couple of them, I mean, heck, they could have had a pick, they could have had a fumble, they had 10 on the field twice, you lose on the last play. That's rough. Yeah. And but, and but you get right back on the spotlight, though. Yeah. It's just here, here's my question. And, and, we had this conversation last year, you know, when Freeman got the job at Notre Dame, was was he ready? And to me, that – you look at that spot, that critical spot where Ohio State scores, how is he as a head coach not flying down the line to get a timeout there? Like, those did are the not, little did, things. Did they have any timeouts? Oh, see, that's a good question. Uh, I really don't remember. But For some it, odd it, reason, it, CJ, I think that they said he knew about it on one particular instance, but he didn't want to get incur the penalty because he thought they had eleven or something to that to that effect. I think he's done a hell of a job there. That's no, a tough I, spot. I, I, no, like I they should have not have been in that just... situation to begin with. Though they should have had the game won a few other times. They let Ohio State hang around and then. Ryan Day got the yellow Lou Holtz. Yeah, so I mean that that's kind of been the one, the the one thing that kind of holds me back on this one. But I, I will say this: this is going to come down to, in all honesty, critical situations. Um, and I don't think Notre Dame can afford to do to have those mistakes again. But the big thing for me is going to be. This is not a new environment for Sam Hartman, um, especially at Duke. He he's been yeah, in he's that. been there, done that. Yeah, been been there, done that. And to me, the 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 big question is is as well as Duke has played this year is this is going to be the game. I think you learn a lot about Duke and a lot about Riley Leonard as a quarterback because I think we know he has legs. I think we know he has ability to throw on the run. He's he's got a little a little he, kind of spirit to him, 
But, but I think he's going to have to he throw from the pocket Hartman. to win this game. Yeah. I don't, think he, 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 I don't think he can. See, I, I don't either. I think Notre Dame finds a way to bounce back. I think this is going to be a, t- a hard-fought, tough game. Um because I don't think this is going to be one where Duke just gets absolutely annihilated at home. I don't. I think they're too good for that. Um, I think they've they've played too well for that to be the case. Um, I agree this, with you on that, CJ. Yep. But I, I think this is a game where Notre Dame kind of comes back out, flushes last week, and kind of gets back on what you know Freeman has preached all year, which is the mission and the task at hand. You know. Yeah, I think they he, do too. Be be one of the four. That's all that really matters. And then you worry about the rest of it later. And the question is now with that Ohio State loss, can they be? I think there's still a path there, and I think they they start trying to find that path here at Wallace Wade on Saturday night, CJ. And I do think Sam Hartman's ability, and also SMA, I think Notre Dame up front will be able to run the football on Duke a little easier than Duke will be able to run the ball in Notre Dame. I think that puts Leonard in some tough spots. And I trust Hartman more than I trust Leonard. Give me the Irish. And that thing has went down, by the way, um, from from six now to five in the hook. So I'd get on the Irish if you can and quickly. By the way, CJ, um, you can get in there for 93 bucks. So good for Duke that it's a tough ticket, man. Exciting game there on ABC. Saturday night. I'm sure it'll be the Herbie Fowler game there. Other games at 7.30, though, on Saturday night. You got South Carolina traveling to number 21, Tennessee, Rocky Top. The Gamecocks are a 12-point dog, 63-and-a-half the hook. I love the under in that game, CJ. That just feels like a big total, and I like the Gamecocks as well. And then another 12-point spread here, Iowa at home at Kinnick. At night, getting the the big NBC Saturday night game, they're hosting Michigan State, and they're licking their wounds. Total at 36 in the hook. Give me Iowa to respond big, and give me the Gamecocks plus the 12. What are you thinking in those two contests? Uh, I'm with you on the Iowa. Um, I, I just I, Michigan State, not a real good football team. A lot of a lot of turmoil. A lot um, of distractions. That, you know, the decision to 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 let. You know Mel Tucker go with cause, and of course he's verbally fighting it, and well, just a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. I think I was the better team, um, like you said, at home at night. Yeah, I, I like Iowa to to cover that. Well, and, I, and a home game at night for Aunt Kinnick, like you don't see that very often, so they're going to be fired up for that. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely are. Um, the Tennessee one, I like Tennessee to win. I just I don't know if I like them to cover a little bit of a. I'm with you. Milton and Rattler are both kind of interesting quarterbacks. Have yeah, a lot of you're talent. Just never really sure which ton of talent, but you're just never really sure which one you're getting week in to week out. But they've been good. CJ seven touchdowns for Rattler to eight for Milton, and only one interception for Milton, two for Rattler. So they've been good. Like. But these teams have some tough losses to some good teams. Like, yeah, they do. And unless I think we think Florida's good, I don't know about that. But Tennessee never wins in the swamp, so Gator Magic, you know. Yeah, I just, I, I, I but what I mean by that is, is, is both of those guys have are are great quarterbacks with with you know good big time arms. I think sometimes they, it's just you're not really sure 
I think sometimes if they're going to make the right play or hit the play that they've got to hit, I think that that right now has been kind of the script for both of these guys is mm. nobody questions Milton's arm talent. You just, I think at times, can he make the play when it has to be made? And that that's the question that's still out there and it's still out there for Rattler too. Both have protected the ball this CJ, which I've got to say, you got to like from that perspective. Um, South Carolina's past defense, though, so far this year to this point has been porous, to say the least. They've given up an average of 317 yards a game through the air. I mean, that's rough, and they don't run the football. Tennessee, they have no problem getting down there and running the ball, and Mr. Wright can absolutely get it. They're at home. The more and more I look at this matchup, the more and more I'm – starting to kind of wonder why I like South Carolina. They don't run the ball. Tennessee will run the ball. Tennessee can throw it against their secondary. Tennessee defensively will stop the run because South Carolina won't want to run the ball, and then it comes down to Ken Rattler throwing the Tennessee secondary, and I think that's the one matchup where Tennessee might actually have a clear advantage in terms of being more comparable, you know, I just I think this matchup maybe really leans Tennessee heavy, actually, CJ. The more and more I think about it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I I just I think Tennessee at home, I think right now they're just the, the, the more physical, better team. Yeah. So CJ, let's get to these eight o'clockers, buddy, real quick here. Um we've got one on the ACC network between Pitt and Vautech, a blah bowl. If you've ever heard of that before. Um, hit the two and a half to fall in at lane, man. Inner Sandman, about the only thing you want to really see there. Pitt's a two and a half point road dog, or excuse me, Pitt's a two and a half point road favorite. Somehow the Hokies are a home dog at night. Um, Djokovic, a quarterback. I mean, this is terrible. Totals at 39 in the hook. I mean, you pick your nose and pick a side, but. I wouldn't want to go either way. Just thought we'd mention it. And, again, let's play a little Neil Diamond. All right, buddy. What do you got? That game is going to be like 6-3, and a grand total of six people are going to watch it. If it's raining, you're probably right on the score. And it will be. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Could be a yuck bowl. Could be kind of fun to kind of comedically turn over there during the next game we'll talk about which is on ESPN2 at 8, the Mounties going to Fort Worth at Amon Gene Carter. Listen to all about that on Texas Toasted TCU Test. Um, man, the Mountaineers have actually now become even larger of a dog, CJ. 14 now. I'm telling you this much, man. West Virginia, a 14-point dog, and them talking about us being 14th in the conference all year, I think West Virginia outright to win this football game right now. I know we all feel that way, but my goodness, like the Mounties feel like the play to me, brother. Yeah, I mean that's <clears throat> I, I really they run do. it and they stop the run. Yeah, I really do see them covering that number, and you know, I, I did pick them to win outright as well. So, uh, and and I think that pick fourteenth, I think that's something that's kind of been a rallying cry. It's something that they've talked about, um, you know, all throughout camp. 
Um, you've heard Neil mention it in press conferences. Uh, you've heard him mention it in, you know, post locker room speeches. Like that's kind of been the one thing I think that they've hung up all around the facility is where they were picked. Um, and I think it's put a massive chip on their shoulder and it, it it's been a gift to them. Um, yes. Yes, it has. And man, Nico's been through a war now. It's looking like it should be good conditions for one of his starts, potentially in the mid, you know, touching 80 there as we get to Saturday night in Fort Worth. Um, you got to try and lean on him. And, and SMU, Houston, and Nicholas State and Colorado aren't necessarily West Virginia either up front on the offensive or defensive lines. That'll be an intriguing part of this football game for sure. The total sitting at 51 on the hook, I don't really know how you go there. But I will say this, I like West Virginia to do what they do in this football game. Although TCU's been tough, I just don't know if they've been tested yet the way West Virginia's potentially been tested. No, I'd completely agree with that. Hey, we got an 8 o'clock there on CBS Sports Network, CJ Air Force 4-0, trying to remain unbeaten against the 2-3 and three Aztecs of San Diego State. They've almost played six games already. Unreal. Maiden at quarterback for them is a tank for the Aztecs. They are a 10-and-a-half-point dog going there to Falcon Stadium, you know, in the Air Force Academy. Do you like the Academy there in the Falcons to get this thing done? They're averaging 340 yards a game on the ground at this point, and they're only giving up 62 on the ground. Air Force, a wagon so far this year. Yeah, I don't ever pick against the academies um, until Army-Navy play, and then you kind of don't have a choice. Um, so, but no, I, I, I like the uh, the Falcons at home to, to get this thing done. I like it too, and then if they win this, they get a bye before they host Wyoming. Uh, two weeks from now. That'll be really an interesting little contest there, CJ. So now some 9 o'clockers here in our final games. We got Bama going to Stark Vegas, 9 o'clock on ESPN. 14.5 point favorite are the Tide. I know Will Rogers is a quarterback for Mississippi State, and I kind of like him. I think Bama win, but I think Mississippi State might get inside that number, CJ. What are you thinking there? Yeah, I agree with you. I could actually see that being like a 14-point game and the hook get you. Um, I mean, because Marks is a solid running back. Rodgers is, is pretty good at quarterback. I mean, Bama most certainly has the, the more talented defense and the ability to stop the run, you know, and Marks would be key for them. Mississippi State's okay at it. Like, I mean, but the one thing is Mississippi State secondary is not great, but Alabama's not necessarily trying to throw the football that much. I mean, I think, you know, it'll be a big game potentially for Jermaine Burton um, for Bama to kind of take that thing over in the middle of the field. But I definitely see Mississippi State covering this spread, especially if he gets up any higher than 14 in the hook. Totals at oh, 46 yeah. and a half. I kind of mm-hmm. lean with that over. Yeah, I kind of do too, and, I, and I'm with you. I think if, you know, definitely if that thing gets any any higher, you, you you're, you know, run to Mississippi State side. I, I still do even feel at the 14 and a half. I think Mississippi State finds a way to cover that. I think 14 ends up being the number. Bama's still outside the top 10, CJ. They're going to try and make a statement to the whole nation at 9 o'clock on ESPN because the other two games that the country has available to them at that time, 
one's on the Pac-12 network, and nobody has that. Um, that's sad for Washington and Michael Penix as they go to Tucson to take on Arizona. Cardinals, excuse me. <clears throat> uh, the Wildcats are a 19-point dog uh, on their home turf against Penix and those Huskies that are some dogs, man. That offense is electric. And then you've also got Nevada and Fresno State. Those are some Bulldogs, and they're ranked, by the way, CJ. They're a 24-and-a-half-point favorite. Nevada's terrible, though. So definitely the nation's going to have their eyes in Stark Vegas. But what do you think about those other two contests? Yeah, it, it's a shame for a guy um, and Michael Penix, who's deservedly so in the Heisman conversation, um, to kind of be relegated to a network that, like you said, nobody – Nobody gets. Um, yeah, I mean, so far this year, CJ, like, he's had a game on FS1 that not a lot of people saw, a Peacock-only game against Michigan State. Uh, he did get ESPN against Cal, and he put up 59 points. But still, now he will here after this game take a bye, and then they'll host Oregon in two weeks. That'll be fun. Yeah, it will be. Um, I, I like both favorites um, in those games. Um, like you said, Washington offensively has just been absolutely electric. Um, and then, you know, the fighting Pat, Pat Hills there at Fresno state, um, really good football team, disciplined, smart. Um, and you know, Nevada is just awful. I kind of like, uh, the over in the Arizona game there. I think the Lara might make some plays. He'll probably make some mistakes, which will also lead to more points for Michael Penix as well. Um, and, man, like you said, Nevada has been terrible, CJ. But, man, Fresno State, they're kind of interesting. Like, Keen, a quarterback, very good. Um, and their defense is pretty stout, and they finally got some style points. But they've got wins against Purdue and Arizona State, and they also beat those boys from the red field there, the Inferno, Eastern Washington team. Then they put a 53 on Kent, man. Like, fighting Pat Hills, pretty tough. Hey, without further ado, CJ, let's get these Sixers, buddy. What do you got? All right. Well, we all know I, I'm not going to be picking my my slaves this week. Day off, so you know. Hey, you know what? We'll, we'll also we'll go one at a time. Give ourselves. You take one. I take one. If we okay. if we agree, we'll uh, we'll agree. All right, that works for me. All right. So with my first one, I'm going to take the James Madison Dukes at home minus three. Okay, against South Alabama, CJ. Filling the Dukes there in Harrisonburg. Um, my first play, I'll take the Hogs. At home, plus plus six and a half or seven, whatever you're going to give me come Saturday. Okay. All right. Hey, and while I'm at it, I'll give a rotisserie draft snake on you, and I'll take the Mountaineers as well, plus 14. <laughs> Yep, uh, I was going to take that one as well. That's actually going to be my lock um, at them at plus 14. Um, you know what? I'll, I might be there with you too, but let's just keep rolling through this sixer here. Okay. All right. I am going to take, and this is somewhat reluctantly, but it just it feels too good not to. Give me the over 39 in the Michigan-Nebraska game. Whew. That just it feels 
feels way too easy, and it probably is, and this is why they built the ivory towers, but give me the over. Interesting, my friend. Interesting. I uh, can't say I agree with that, but what I will <laughs> say is I'll go to the I'll go to that game and I'll take Michigan minus seventeen. I just don't see any way they don't win that game by more than that um, at all. I just think they'll even if they are like in a game where they're not happy with their performance, they'll still win like twenty eight to ten or something over Nebraska. They'll win this game by seventeen. Okay. All right, for my next one, I'm going to do it just just, just for craps and giggles because that's just how I roll. Give me the Red Raiders guns up minus eight and a half at home against Dana and the uh, not really good Cougars. Hey, CJ, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that one, buddy. Give me, <laughs> give me Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. Uh, to win that game by more than eight and a half for sure. So that was our fourth pick each right there. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll go ahead and let you get the honor for a fifth one there, buddy. All righty. I'm going to, I'm going to do this and this goes somewhat against every, sometimes what I believe in. Cause for the first time ever, I'm going to do this. Give me the thundering herd at home minus fourteen. <laughs> Cue the music, CJ. Um, <laughs> man, I'll tell you this: I kind of feel you, and they've been good to me this year. But, and I want to ask you this question: Did when you move off to Liberty, did they cover? Yes. Okay, that makes me feel like I should probably not move off the herd. And I'll agree with you, and I'll also take them. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got too many of these the same. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I should not. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know what? I'll lay off the herd. I'll lay off them. I'll lay off them in our sixer. I'll lay off them. Um, <laughs> I kind of I want them. I'm not gonna lie to you. I kind of want them. But I'll I, I kind of should have taken my flames last week. I've been. <laughs> yeah, in real life, yeah, I might take them with my dream. With my, but also, you know what? I'll, I'll play into this and say I, I'll take the herd to win. I want that okay. to happen more than anything else. Um, CJ, I, I feel like, man, I've, I've got, I've got to go uh, and 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 hammer, and I mean hammer this game here uh, between Kansas and Texas. Give me Jalen Daniels plus whatever it gets to. By Saturday, currently sits at 16, 17, whatever you want to get it at. Give me them. Okay. What's your last one there, brother? They hurt me last week, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going to give Lane Kiffin an opportunity. Give Lane Kiffin an opportunity at redemption. Give me the Rebels at home plus two and a half. Home dog getting points. What's better than that? Mm, I love it, CJ. Um, man, you, it's like kind of like you said. I, I'm I'm dog. I'm I'm locking in that Mountaineer game. It's kind of my my pick pick, right? Um, 
for the lock of the week. Man, I keep I keep looking at this Notre Dame Duke game. And I just keep thinking about what I saw last weekend with the Irish. And I keep thinking to myself, do I think Duke's on that level? And I keep coming back to the answer that I think that they're probably better than we think they are. But I'm just still not sure that I don't buy Sam Hartman and those guys just not maybe playing against one of the best teams in the country as well in Ohio State. And maybe that's why we're there. After saying all I'm going to go ahead and swerve and man, I am going, you know what? Nope. I'm taking the Irish. I'm taking the Irish minus five and a half (laughs) in Durham. Um, Thought about going to Iowa, but they burnt me last week. So I will go with Notre Dame and they will win this game against Duke. Yeah. I, I, I will not touch Iowa ever in our Sixers. They burnt me too much last year. So we're locking, we're locking up West Virginia. We're also rolling together with Texas Tech, and we almost rolled together. And really, probably, if I'm if I'm being honest, I'm probably going to roll with you with the herd again against the Monarchs too. So, going to be a great weekend of college football, CJ man. We're we're approaching the midway point, even kind of if you want to get there. Now, granted, buys are going to start happening, but dude, we're a month in. Man. People are going to have the old Green Day song, Wake Me Up When September Ends, because it's coming. Like, yep. And it's chilling the air, brother. Getting to that point where chill's in the air and we're starting to really learn who's who. Who's who? Who's who? Who's for odds? Who's not? Who can run the football? Who who responds when they get punched in the mouth? And playoff baseball's coming too. Absolutely. Oh, man. Great time of year, CJ. Can't wait. Thanks for the excursion, the voyage through week five. As always, brother, here comes the money. Watch out, vehicle on shoulder ahead. Here comes the new kid on the block. Hold on your bets, it's where the buck stops. See, first of all, I'm stepping out on my own. About time I elevated to claim my own throne. Success in my blood, call it homegrown. Pours reek and testosterone. Power and money got me crazy cocky. No longer need you, poppy. I know you're mad because you can't stop me. And if you wonder how this player done scooped your honey, I think she smell my cologne. It's called brand new money. Making major moves, man, ain't a damn thing funny. Pippin' hood rats to Playboy bunnies. They see the. They see it, they see it. Dollar dollar and roll with Val Fitty. Like to go out smelling fresh and looking spiffy. Don't like clean money, I want my wrist to be filthy. Pops with that retirement fun, I can't just tell I'm 60. So what am I supposed to do? Rolling two. Set it back in them pockets, sell I'm stacking hole in two. Ching ching bling bling, catching cash and lump. It's a pro roll, get a jack and I'm selling them out my trunk. Whenever, whatever, it takes a shake down a dollar. Most in that direction, wait a minute, holla holla. All wants to know where they go, where they went. And I'm making Marshall Monday, smelling just like a mint. Uh-huh. Money, 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 money,